Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper. It's great to have you join us and uh, it's great to have Beck back. Hello. You, you missed last week. We had tabs. Yeah, a bit yeah. better looking than me, but... <laughs> mm, really? Okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about Psalm 146 today, which uh, Beck preached on on Sunday. I would encourage you, if you weren't there or not already watched it, uh, do please watch it online. Uh, it's a very clear talk and explanation of what uh, justice is all about and a real challenge for us to engage with the justice of God. Um, just very briefly, kind of what were the main points that you touched on? So we were thinking a bit about what what is justice and, and how is it um, central to mission? Um because it is, isn't it? It's so, it's so important to how we go about doing mission that we live justly in the world. Um, and, and I think it's really central to the character of God and who God is, that he's just and kind and good. Um, and so we were we were sort of exploring a bit of how that character is worked out in God's mission in the world and how we're invited to join in. Yeah, uh, very good. Good, good, concise summary. Well done. Uh, so we're going to um, ask you to read Psalm 146. And uh, so press pause, read the psalm, and then restart the video. So we're going to go through this. Um, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll do it in a, a lot of it works in kind of couplets and two verses at a time. So we'll do it like that. Um, and we're not going to do the, the application, but we're going to just talk about applications we go along. So we'll do questions at the end as normal. Uh, but sometimes we like to do the application bit separate. On this occasion, we're going to just pick out bits and pieces as we go along. So here we go. Psalm 146, and we'll start with verses 1 and 2, uh, which is an exclamation of praise. Uh, so, Beck, do you want to start? What do you see in these two verses? What stands out for you? So, so this is about lifelong praising God. It's about sort of um, recognizing something about God's worthy of praise. Um, and I think it's about picking up the character of God as well, that, mm -hmm. um, that as we become aware of God's character, that, that that sort of is where our praise flows from and it's where mission flows from as well. Um, in this particular psalm, uh, lots of the psalms that, that start off with a proclamation of praise, it's because of a particular event that the psalm's going to go into. But this is just about praising God because he's good, um, which is always true. It is always true. And it is the best reason to praise God because he is good and he's always good. And I mean, I love what it says here. But, I mean, the psalm says, I will praise the Lord all my life and I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Um, I mean, that's a declaration of intent, isn't it? Mm. Um, whether he'd been doing that up until this point, we don't know, but it's certainly a declaration of intent. Uh, and we can make praise a lifestyle, can't we? I mean, that is a, a thing that we can all work on, that we can choose to, to praise God in all situations. Um, anything that you want to say on that? Um. Well, I think I think this particular sort of section it recognizes a bit that God's worthy of our praise all of our life and beyond, doesn't it? It sort mm. of recognizes the psalmist's limitedness in relation to to God's sort of expansiveness. Um, 
sorry, I've forgotten what the question was there, really. <laughs> but I think one the, the important thing that stands out for me there, because I've forgotten the question as well, um, is that it's a decision. He's choosing to do this. Uh, it's so easy to think that we praise God when when we feel like it, you know, when, when it kind of bubbles up inside us. But praise is always a choice. Mm. Um, and some of the most powerful times of praise anyone can have is to praise God in their lowest points yeah. and to discover God in that place. Um, so let's move on to verses three and four. Um, so this is where uh, uh, the psalmist kind of contrasts God with humanity. And what's, what's he saying here? So um, don't put your trust in earthly leaders. And, and while we can see that at the moment, can't we, not only in, in the sort of failure of, of Putin, and, and, but, but also in the failure of, of governments around the world to act in the best interests of justice in lots of ways, that, that there's, there's always in earthly leaders this sort of reservation of, our own best interests or our own country's best interests. God always acts justly first and foremost. Um, and, and, and our limitedness in our ability to do anything. And this is really important for us as we seek to do justice is to recognise that our own best ideas and our own best efforts will never match up to God's ability to save people um, and to and to bring about justice and goodness in the world, that, that we can only do this in partnership with God and, and we're limited in our scope and ability to do anything at all um, is a really good thing to recognise as we start out on that journey. That's right. And, you know, it's, there's a real sense of disappointment in, in what the psalmist is saying, isn't it? And um, we actually don't know who wrote this psalm because uh, a lot of psalms say, you know, Psalm of David, but this one isn't. But more than likely, they'd have been some kind of leader in Israel. Um, so it's kind of recognizing our own failure here to to lead well and to lead people into into kind of places of justice and equality and fairness, and we just don't do it. And if you look around, you know, what's happening in our world today. Um, you know, with, just even with the whole pandemic over the last two years, how that's been handled at different times, we know that people have just acted in their own interest and not in the interest of others. Um, and our leaders have not always acted with integrity. Um, so, you know, when, you, when it says, do not put your trust in princes, it's not saying princes literally, it's just mean in leaders, yeah. really, you know, and or basically just humanity and those who have influence. Um, because they will always disappoint. And here we are in 2022 on the brink of a, another world war and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it seems like we've learned nothing. So if we put our trust in leaders to sort things out, yeah, we're going to be disappointed. Um, but we always do it, don't we? We always put, we always hope that the next leader will be the one that we can put our trust in and uh it's you know and it happens at church you know the next vicar he's going to be the one who will sort things out or we can uh, 
Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we probably should have given up all hope of that by now. Don't worry. Um, because, but it just doesn't happen because we're all frail. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, one thing I picked up on in, um, so let me just get this right. It says, uh, don't put your trust in princes, immortal men. And that word is Adam in Adam in Hebrew. Uh, and then it says, when the spirit departs, they return to the ground, which is a Dharma, because it's from the same thing. Mm-hmm. Men and earth are, it's in, in Hebrew, it's pretty much the same word. Um, and that pretty much sums up what we're like. You know, we're, we're never going to be the people who will lead others out of out of injustice and into freedom and all that kind of stuff. It's God who does that because we're just dirt. We're just something that God has brought together and we're glorious in his sight and all that kind of stuff, but we are still frail and we're still selfish. And there is that echo of Genesis, isn't there? And we talked a little bit yesterday about that identity that God gives to Adam and Eve to be sort of um, leaders of justice and of sort of overseeing and caring for creation. Um, But then we're reminded here as well that that they're limited and they fail and that it's God that is faithful and sustains creation beyond that point. Um, Because in the end, our, our sin just kind of takes over a certain certain points and we just ruin it for ourselves. But fortunately, it's not about us. And this psalm reminds us, verses five and six, uh, it's like the psalm has contrasted the disappointment of following leaders with the blessing of following God. Uh, what do you want to bring out of verses five and six? like you say really just that contrast between you know we've so we've talked about earthly leaders being limited and you know their plans come to nothing when their life comes to an end and then you get this you know but god but god is we can put our hope in him we can trust in him he is faithful and he's forever um and and that goes on and on in every generation that, that assurance that when we put our trust in the right place then, then we can be assured that all things will be good. Yeah. And I like the way uh, it says, uh, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Because Jacob uh, of, all, of the patriarchs was the one who was the most frail and sinful and selfish. And, and yet at the end, well, not even at the end, but you know, in his life, eventually turned back to God and wrestled with God and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just like that little kind of, illusion there you know this this frail person had a god who ultimately he believed in and put his trust in and um and i love that and of course that comes back to creation again doesn't it in these verses yeah. and um that's important for us and i mean you, you mentioned before that you know that um for adam and eve they were given stewardship of of the whole of the world and and that's our identity isn't it and, uh, you know, we've talked about identity before, uh, you know, we had a whole session on it. But when we start to know justice and doing justice, it feels like here's another thing to add on to our lives. But it shouldn't be that. It should simply come out of who we are. If it comes out of who God is, and if we're meant to be like God, it should come out of us, our character and our identity. And just, and it just should be natural, shouldn't it? 
That's it. And so we talked yesterday about that living in between that redemption and restoration, that point where um, Jesus is redeeming and restoring us and restoring to us that image and that identity that he placed in us right at the beginning. Um, And in doing that, that out of that flows the sort of restorative work of God in mission. So yesterday you talked about uh, restorative justice and acting justly. Do you want to um, just kind of highlight those two things again, just explain them a little bit? So, yes, just these two simple different ways of, of justice being worked out in Scripture. So there's there's the instructions that God gives to his people about how to live justly in the world, how to it sort of how to live the way we're created to be. Mm. Um, so love God, love your neighbor, and out of that will flow justice, but a recognition that there's brokenness in the world and that there's brokenness in us. Um, and the, the idea that God is at work in restoring things to their rightful place and that that He He makes things new, that He fixes. Mm. Um, and so in the law, we see those sorts of um redressing the balance things that that help us to to put the world back to how it should be yeah and that's the thing that we often think about isn't it that we're we're given the task of helping to restore how things should be and Mm. we look around us and there's so many things that we know that shouldn't be like that yeah and we either shrug our shoulders and do nothing uh or we can act but God invites us to act, yeah, and and that He cares for both of those things. That that He recognizes the need for things to be restored, as well as just calling us to. It, I guess God recognizes that we're not up to the task of of, of living righteously in the world, um, and He calls us to do our best and to redress the balance when it all goes wrong. That's right, and then, so we then get on to. Um, verses seven to nine, um, where basically there's a list of, of the people that God helps. And so uh, let me just kind of run through it. We've got the oppressed, uh, the hungry, uh, those who need healing. Um, he lifts, uh, says those who bow down, which basically means distress, those who are in distress. He watches over refugees and strangers, strengthens orphans and widows. It's quite a list, isn't it? And that's not even an exhaustive list. You know, elsewhere in the Bible talks about all sorts of things. Um, what 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 do you see in this list of things that God does? I think first of all that that there are those. So we talked about these four categories of people: the the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the foreigner. The people who um, naturally, when we're faced with them. We, we don't necessarily even notice the sort of least and last of society. Um, and, and we're told that God cares for them. Um, and we see that over and over again in Jesus, don't we? That he, yeah. he notices the people who go unnoticed. He cares for um, the people who others would not bother with. Um, and that's the, the whole story of scripture is that God, God just loves those who really need him. Um, and so, so there is this list, and it's a list as well about who God is, um, yeah. because he he upholds the oppressed, he gives food, he, you know, he is um generous, he is kind, he um 
is a healer. The, you know, in, in between those that list of who he cares for, there's some things about who he is and what he does. And um, that for us, as we go on mission with God, direct us, don't they, to the things that um, that we're called to do. And, and in that list, I'm really challenged by that, that healings in that list. You know, I, I can sort of get my head around that I might give food or yeah. you know, visit prisoners or but but that in that list is upholding the oppressed um, you know, maybe I can think, oh, yeah, well, I could send a letter to my MP or but going and healing the sick that challenges me to that. I'm really going to have to trust in God for that one. <laughs> right. yeah. um, and probably that means I really have to trust in God to go the, the to the full extent that he expects on all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's a, that's a really good point, because we know that we could, we can't bring healing to anyone in our natural kind of strength. Uh, it's a supernatural thing uh, and we can't approach all the other things just in our own natural way we have to do it god's way and and in god's power um yeah that's a really good point and um and it, it, i mean it struck me as well when you said talking about this comes out of his character a lot of the names of jesus are kind of sorry a lot of the names of god in the old testament include some of these things you know he is called the god of healing you know, and that that was his name. And names say something about character, not about action. And um, there is there's a lot of in that. I think if I thought of it earlier, I'd have gone through all the list of the names of God in the Old Testament and worked out which ones are you know kind of fit this idea of God's justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think of that, so <laughs> I've not done it. Well, we just um, that it's true that 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 they do flow out of the character of God. This is not just something that god does as an aside but that it really is central to who he is it's just yeah and then uh it's in the in the list it says he loves the righteous and frustrates the wicked um and you know when when i read those verses you know like today as we think about ukraine and all that kind of stuff i'm I'm praying that 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 will be the case that we'll see god frustrate the wicked um but he loves the righteous and that needs to be us. So in all that list, um, you said something yesterday that I thought was really important. It's easy to be overwhelmed, isn't it, when we look at the need around us. Um, and you, you you would have to be completely, well, you have to have your head in the sand to not realise there's a lot of need, even in Southport, um, which is a very comfortable town in lots of ways, but has massive issues around poverty. It's just a lot of it's hidden. Um, so you said one thing yesterday, just do something. Just do something. Yeah, just, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, just just that it is so easy for us to look around and go, well, I can't, I can't fix this. But actually, if we all just do something, if we all just partner in God with God in a little thing that He's doing, then we we actually can make quite a big impact in yeah. changing those situations. Um but if if we sort of retreat from it and um, um, the church can be really guilty of this like you say there's lots of poverty on our doorstep there are lots mm-hmm. of challenges in Southport that really are literally on our doorstep yeah. and we can really easily step away from them go into our you know lovely space and worship God and not be challenged by mm-hmm. the needs around us absolutely um, God's heart is for those people. Yeah. 
And too often, I think people treat church as an escape from the world. And, uh, yeah, we can't be that. If we really take scripture uh, seriously, then we have to be fully engaged in the world. Um, and, you know, even, even as, as, uh, as you say, you know, just do something, that can still feel overwhelming. Um, but, you know, there are little things that we can think about, aren't there? You know, so what are you, what are you passionate about? As you look at that list of, you know, in the psalm, is the one thing that stands out? Well, if so, what can you do in that area? You know, think about what you have. Um, think about the time that you have. What can you do that fits all of that? Um, there's lots of ways in which you can engage with justice issues. Some of it could be simply writing to your MP. Some of it could be getting your hands dirty with compassion acts or stuff that we do at church. Or even start, you know, one of the great things about church is that we can do justice together. And it might be that you've got a particular passion that needs other people to engage with you and you can start a missional community. Yeah. Why not? You know, so let's, let's, let's work on this together. Uh, there's so many things that you can do. Sometimes the, 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 the amount of choice leads people, leaves people paralyzed. Yeah. And we just need to step into the step into space and start doing something. Let's finish on the last verse. Uh, Cause the last verse kind of, finishes where it started yeah um so you know the lord reigns forever your god o zion for all generations praise the lord or alleluia as it is in hebrew um anything you want to say about that so we'll go back to this sense of god's faithfulness and his um, unending love and care for creation don't we so so we go back to the idea of praising god um and and as we've said, all of mission starts and ends with our relationship with God. If yeah. it loses track of that, if it if it isn't grounded in prayer and worship, then it probably isn't going to be very good mission. Yeah. Well, it definitely isn't because somewhere along the line, no matter how much um, energy and strength you have for it, you will run out of steam. Um, but God won't. He yeah. is faithful forever to his creation. And so yeah. come back to that. Absolutely. And the thing that struck me as I read it is it, it is slightly different to the first two verses, where the first two verses are all about, I will praise God all my life. But it finishes with effectively uh, praising God throughout all of time. You know, in every generation, um, the Lord reigns forever. You know, it's like there's this sense of going from the kind of the, the smaller for, for me to the kind of the global eternal perspective of praising God. Mm. And it reminds us just how big God is yeah. in the face of all of this, you know, just how big God is. So should we uh, give people some questions to think about and to talk about in their initial communities? Yes. Let's look at some let's questions. Let's go a little bit further. So we've got some questions for you to uh, consider in your mission communities. Uh, I'm going to do the first two. Uh, first one is this. Um, how do you feel about praising God all the days of your life? What would it be like to be in a church service for every day? <laughs> no, it's not bad, is it? It is about, you know, how do you learn a lifestyle of praise and worship? So just have a discussion around that for a little bit uh, and talk about how that makes you feel. Because sometimes we don't always get inspired by praise and worship, and yet it is the thing that we are created for. Mm. Um, 
The second question is this, uh, in what ways do we put our trust in princes? And by princes, I mean earthly leaders. You know, there are different ways in which we, in which we do that. Um, so just explore that a little bit in a conversation. So that's the first two questions. Beck. Okay, so mission and justice flow out of prayer and praise. So, and that's that's comes as we become aware of the character of God. So how are you making space to encounter God and allow him to show you how he sees the world? Mm. Um, and the next one, um, we've got that whole list in verses seven to nine of, of people who God is concerned with. And you might want to take another look at that. And then think about if God invites us to partner with him in mission, then which one might he be inviting you to, to be part of? Great. Good questions. So do please use those questions to reflect on uh, this passage. Um, so thank you, Beck, for joining us again. And thank you, everyone, for uh, being part of this. I do hope you'll join us on Sunday, uh, either online or in person. And then again, next Tuesday for another edition of Deeper. And we're going to be thinking about uh, mission and work. That's going to be fun. So join us then. Take care now. Goodbye.